Hello everyone, welcome to the Simply Nikki Show. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the iconic, incomparable, innovating, groundbreaking, your face fave, living, legend, and icon herself, Miss Janet Jackson. I will be doing a review on the Janet Jackson documentary part 1 and 2 that aired on Lifetime and A&E Network on January 28th and the 29th this past weekend. I'm going to give my thoughts on the documentary, a brief summary of it. I'm going to also go through her musical discography and her cultural impact and honor her myself because she deserves her flowers while she's here and after because she is Miss Janet Jackson herself. So sit back and relax and enjoy this episode and please share if you like. Now before we get into my thoughts on the Janet Jackson documentary, I was super excited and super eager to even hear that Janet Jackson was even doing a documentary because she's super private and I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. She influenced your face face like Beyonce, Sierra, Normani, Aaliyah, Brandy, Britney Spears, and the list goes on and on because she is that girl. And in this episode, I'm going to prove to you why she's that girl and will forever be that girl because she is the queen of pop. That's my opinion. You have yours. So let's get into this episode. So with the Janet Jackson documentary, it is two parts broken into four episodes. I'm going to be brief on my thoughts on each episode because I do want you all to watch it. It was exactly produced by none other than Janet Jackson and her brother Randy Jackson. In the first episode, I really appreciate how Janet showed the upbringing the creation of the Jackson family getting into the music industry because even though the Jackson family in my opinion is musical royalty been in this industry for 50 years now you have to show how you got started and how you got to where you are now because the recent generation may not know so I like that she details that and in the first episode you have the director showing a mural as Janet Jackson returns to her hometown, Gary, Indiana, where she was born and raised, a mural of her brothers, the Jackson Five, and how she got emotional because looking at Michael and knowing that he's no longer here and gone too soon, it made me teary-eyed. And I'm like, Janet, please don't have us crying already because you know how touched I get and emotional I get with thinking about Michael still to this day. I still get emotional listening to his music, and I remember where I was when he passed away. So I like that she showed that. I like that she showed and talked about how her father, Joe Jackson, worked in a steel mill in the factory for his nine children he had in a small house in Gary, Indiana, and how he was witnessing the violence, crime, and drugs that was happening in the community, and how he did not want his children being raised and brought up in that, so he really just stopped doing his job at the steel mill and really became the manager and creation of the Jackson 5, Janet and Michael. So he really wanted the best for his family he really did love his family and what I appreciate Janet doing is humanizing her father because for years people just think of Joe Jackson as this horrible person that was too strict didn't really care for his kids always abusive etc and you have to understand uh the times where a parent comes from what generation they come from not excusing their behavior however when we get older, we realize what our parents 
do for us and why they do the things they do and the way they did it based off their upbringing. So I've, I appreciate her doing that because for years people think, oh, Joe Jackson's this abusive, non-caring person, don't have a, a care for anyone and just want his children to be at the top in the music industry. And he did just that. He made sure that his kids really honed on in their musical talent and made sure that they had this drive and never got too big-headed or had a big ego or, you know, made sure they was humble because of their upbringing. So I appreciate that she did that because even seeing the video on a documentary where they did this talk show and this woman asked Joe Jackson when he had his children on the set of the talk show and she asked him, um... How do you discipline your children? Basically trying to be nosy for one. Second, specifically asking, how do you discipline Michael? And he just said, oh, I just give them time out or I take their allowance away from them, whatever. But you could tell that this white woman interviewer really hold in and was captivated by how this black man in America disciplines their children and it's like you don't ask your other guests on the show about these questions certain prominent figures in the industry about these questions so why would you want to do it to him and I feel like they they try everything to that was a start of let me vilify let me pull apart this family let me do anything and everything to try to destroy their spirit their talents and just take away any and everything they created because one they're a black family two because they just couldn't stand because it wasn't really enough african-american children as a jackson five was so big during that time black children just being the top of the charts and being on top of the in the industry and they just didn't like that and I feel like they just tried to do everything they could to vilify Joe Jackson. And still to this day, even with the documentary, people still had their comments about him. But you have to realize that parents only, only present to you or treat you based on what their experiences are and their teachings from their parents and so forth. So it's also dealing with what generation that person was brought in, what they was taught and stuff like that. Not excusing his behavior to do whatever, but again, why vilify this black man that's just trying to make sure his children make it and be the best that they can be and have a long lasting life under the circumstances of being in Gary, Indiana and what he's seen he has done the best he could, and he did a darn good job. I mean, all of his children, you know, musical royalty, you know. And yes, I mean, say what you want about Joe Jackson, the father, and him raising his children the way he did it. Understanding that he did the best he could with the circumstances he was in and also the resources he had, but not excusing his his doing and the way he did it. But he created a musical royalty family and still to this day, I mean, 50 years later in the industry and still topping the charts, still humble, still loving the creation of making music. I also like that Janet showed how their mother, Catherine Jackson, also had a hand in the 
creation, not only birthing them, but the creation of their musical talents with creating the clothing pieces and, you know, inspiring them as well in the industry and being who they are and instilling them their values and morals. I like that they showed that. I like that they showed how the Jackson 5 performing in Las Vegas at a young age alongside Janet Jackson when she was seven years old at the Variety Tour shows and how they were the youngest to ever do it um, and how they performed and worked alongside Betty White and how Janet was the sassy, you know, into her roles. You could tell her acting skills was up to par at that time and how she was doing all these impersonations and you know, the loving that the siblings had from the Jackson 5 and Janet themselves working together during that time. So I really appreciate that they did that. And even though Janet is who she is today, you can still tell that sweet-hearted, kind-hearted person she is, even through the screen or through her music, you know what I mean? So I really like that. So... That being said, going into the episode, it also entailed how Janet Jackson started in acting, actually. She started in acting, working on the show called Fame. She did Good Times as Penny, Different Strokes, etc. And how Janet um, didn't really want to be in the music industry. She wanted to go to college, be a lawyer, study business. And when one day... When they moved to Los Angeles when they were young, Janet had a they had a studio in their house and Janet recorded a song on a in the studio and how one day when she went to school she actually left it in the play and her father Joe Jackson and Michael Jackson went in and actually pressed play and heard her singing and Joe Jackson was like, Oh, she can really sing and they gave him an idea to help work with Janet Jackson's career. And how she was upset with herself for leaving it in there. Because she didn't want anyone to know. And it was just her trying to express herself during that time. And she, again, wanted to go to college. But her father said, nope, you're going to go into the music industry. And like Jen said in the documentary, whatever their father said goes and you just don't go against it. So she just went on and did the creation of in the music industry and that's when she came out with her first album janet jackson where the cover art of her hair slid back you know and stuff like that and how she did not have any creative control behind that she didn't have creative control behind the cover art the music the rollout of it anything and the sale numbers showed that she was not in control of the album and she really didn't like that she didn't like the way it was being spun out she didn't like be in control on what to say, what to do with her music. Because, again, she didn't want to do the music industry. So she like, well, if I'm going to do music, I want to do it my way. So when the Jackson 5 let go of their father, Joe Jackson, as their manager, when they grew up, he said, well, I'm going to hold in on creating and putting my time and energy to Janet's career. And even though he did not let Janet have the creative control, And after the sale numbers had happened with the first album, she said, look, I need control of myself. So she said, I'm going to have to let you go, you know, father, and I'm going to have to go on to do it my way. And she said, if I'm going to do this another round, I have to do it my way. And that became the hit album Control. It had nine tracklist songs, and it had seven top 
singles from a nine-track list album. Where do you hear those numbers to this day? Where you have nine songs and all seven of them hit number one? Yeah, she was definitely in control. And it was all in the helps of the producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis helped Janet with her career with Control, the Janet album, the Rhythm Nation album, the Velvet Rope album, etc. So they are mega hits producers. And I like that she even showed the behind the scenes of her writing, you know, control and writing rhythm nation and how she had a little back and forth with jimmy jam and terry lewis on the creativity of that and how she was like listen i'm not about to deal with this i'm going home and also showed that yes she is very sweet and kind-hearted and non-confrontational but don't mistake her kindness for weakness that's what i got from that part so i really like that they did that um and i like how they they was going through the eras of how control became about how rhythm nation became about and stuff like that because you know you don't get that much of the behind the scenes so getting that was very intelling and then it goes into how much she loves the people she loves and how she'll do anything for the people she loves going into the next second episode where she talks about her relationship with James DeBarge, which is from the DeBarge musical family, how they had a relationship when she was young, around 18, and how he was also addicted to drugs, how she was saying that, which was shocking to me, how she's seemed like she's very attracted to, she has a pattern of loving people who do drugs, and I was like, dang, that's deep, you know what I mean, to, to understand that, you know what I mean, and how she, you could tell how she was getting emotional with talking about the relationship with James DeBarge because she was saying, you know, you could tell she really cared for him and still had that love for him to this day. And going through that, they talked about that and then going to Rhythm Nation, how her Rhythm Nation tour and album sales went through the roof, winning her a mtv vanguard were at the age of 24 the youngest to ever receive that okay hear me correctly the youngest to ever receive that with just two albums under your belt i mean that's astronomical and that's never heard of and when she did that she just skyrocketed everybody wanted a picture everybody wanted to interview everybody known and wanted to see janet jackson and her concert and tour the rhythm nation tour um did great numbers skyrocket on the charts and it was the biggest tour to date for any musical artist still to this day you know what i mean so it's like janet jackson even she even though she had the jackson five and her brothers having the limelight she wanted to create her own lane because she was not just michael jackson or the jackson's little sister like she was just janet she was just janet like you see the girls in the on the video with the with the girls doing the dance counting numbers like janet's doing on stage at the concert how they showed that how they was dressed up like her how excited they were to see her and the musical impact that she has on her fans in the world to this day it's like i'm so happy to be witnessing and viewing her life while she's still here 
in her sin in her own way because she has went through a lot and going through this document you can tell how much she went through a lot that she is that girl that she does not let anything get in her way when she wants some she go get it and that is the spirit of her mother and father you know what i mean what they taught their children how to be so you've seen that you also go into at the end of the rhythm nation album the tour and how her choreographer at the time um renee um was this creative genius of the five four three two one choreographing choreographing the musical dances to the song etc how very in home he was on the creativity of directing and filming which he came from a a very big directing and filming family so he just brought up in that world and how their relationship was bouncing off each other of this flowing of ease that she had with him after dealing with what she went through with James DeBarge and the drugs and etc and her getting this calmness with Renee and this creativity because they're coming from this industry creative industry you know what I mean and how he was helping her and they was in relationship and how at ease she was on like videos and footage we haven't seen from Janet that Renee uh, filmed for 10 years in her life where she showed where he showed the behind the scenes of her in the studio, her going on family trips, her, um, you know, being intimate with him and them him helping her direct videos and stuff like that so he did a lot he helped a lot which we appreciate of him even showing that because that was our first time seeing it as fans you know in the documentary so that was good to see it also even show a little side of renee the choreographer um his controllingness his controlliveness um in the relationship where um Janet and him went on vacation and how Janet went to go see her mother in the vacation and she was loving her mother and Renee wanted to basically choreograph and coordinate a a special moment between Janet and her mother and basically make it real robotic and not humanizing like you know okay dude he was directing her okay do this to your mother and stuff like that and you could tell Janet was like "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh no you getting on my nerves you know basically what her face was saying like you get on my nerves and you're doing too much how many times you gonna keep having this camera in my face while we on vacation you know what I mean so you could tell like she she went off she said we not doing that not with my mother and you're not gonna be feeling my mother like nobody's gonna choreograph choreograph or coordinate them kissing their mother at a certain time okay you do this you do that it just happens naturally and she didn't like that that was what was starting to slowly happen is this coordinating like how they're on stage and him bringing that controlliveness and um directing and stuff like that into their relationship and how he had harmed himself and he also started getting on painkillers because he was in so much pain and how that was affecting their relationship and going into them getting a relationship, getting proposed to, getting married secretly because she had secretive relationships and how even her own family didn't know that she was married and she was married to Renee for 10 years and how they got divorced and how she felt like even after the divorce felt as if that, okay, did you just 
marry me for me or you marry me because of my name and my family background. You know what I mean? And it also talked about how when Janet was young, um, growing up, how she had issues with, you know, having friends in her life, meeting new people, getting to know people. Um, she even had an insight of when she was growing up in Los Angeles, when they moved, when the Jacksons became big, how she was called, you know, racist names while she was walking down the street from other white neighbors because they was the only black family in the neighborhood, how the white family in the neighborhoods had petitioned to get them moved out of the neighborhood, like, you know, the craziness, like, what? I would never, I never heard that, you know what I mean? How they even had parties of different industry people from Motown, Diana Ross, etc. at their house when they had house parties, okay, like, they was, they was living it up, okay? That's all I'm gonna say, they was having their best life, and going into that and telling the background of her family and having troubles with getting along and being the only black girl in the classrooms and getting picked on and talked about because people of other races, other white races, um, touching her hair, you know, rubbing on her skin, saying, is this real? Like, is her skin color real? Does it come off? You know, is this your real hair pulling on it, touching on it? Like she was some type of pet or something. So, I know I'm going all over the place, but I'm just trying to give insight onto the documentary and my takeaways from it. So when she says, are you, did you marry me for who I am or you marry me because of my family history and legacy and our name? Because she had to deal with that even at a young age. You know, deciphering, is someone true for me? Is they not? Is they here for me as the human being who I am? Or are they here for me because they want something out of me because who what and who I'm attached to as the Jackson. So she had to come. So Janet had to come to terms with that situation. And even before they parted their ways, Janet was going to receive a huge multi-million dollar deal with Coca-Cola because again, Michael Jackson, he was big with, you know, Thriller and whatnot. And he was also, he also had a deal with Pepsi. Um, and so they was going to give another Jackson that was, that was big in the music industry, like Janet, a deal with them. So they was about to sign Coca-Cola deal. But all behold, when the allegation and scandal started going around with Michael, they decided to even tie her to that, which she stated in the documentary, Guilty by Association. You know, whoever your last name is, whoever you know, you're attached to, you're going to come down with them. And it was unfortunate that during the meeting, right before they was about to sign, they heard about the breaking news of the scandals and allegations that was going around Michael, that they decided not to sign with her. And it was like, why y'all tell them at the last minute as they then went out their home, drove all the way up here, all excited, and you just told them no, when y'all could just discuss whatever that was over the phone because like it was a waste of time. And it was unfortunate that she lost this multi-million dollar deal with Coca-Cola, which she would have been huge. And it's like, y'all, y'all need her, okay? But it's like, why tie her to something that's happening with her brother? And she even talked about that again. Like she said, guilty by association. It was unfortunate that she, we couldn't witness what would have been done or what she would have did with that multi-million dollar deal. 
you know, huge amounts of money coming from that deal. So that was unfortunate. And it, it was good to see that even though Janet was big and Michael was big, that she, they still had that brother and sister relationship and how Janet and Michael, you know, how Michael would have Janet listen to his music before he got it released. And them having that bond with listening to music. And even during that time where Michael was going through the allegation, the scrutiny of the media during the time. And how the family stood by his side no matter what and stood protective of him in the family's name to this day. I really appreciate that they showed that. And also what I didn't know is that as Michael got bigger, once Thriller was released, that he was drifting apart. And even Janet talked about how their bond and relationship wasn't as close as it was, you know. And that was sad to hear and how she stood by his side, even as big as she was in the industry, said, look, let's do a song together. So I like that the choreographer and Janet's partner showed on the videotapes of Janet and Michael creating the song Scream, which is which was the highest paid music video in history. I mean, $7 million, you know what I mean? Seeing the graphics and stuff like that from that and how nobody has ever seen anything like that was really telling how this dynamic duo of brother and sister come together to make a song and how to this day that song, like, is everything. But what was sad to me hearing about Michael and Janet's relationship was... Um, even though she was excited helping create the song and he was encouraging her to like, you know, sing it like this and do this and them bouncing off each other and, and Janet typing up the lyrics as Michael is trying to come up with the words and stuff like that. Her, you know, orchestrating the songwriting and stuff like that because my girl got skills, okay? And how excited she was to even help her brother, you know, to be there for him. And still to this day is for him. You know what I mean? And what made me sad was when she talked about them doing the screen video together. How Michael will do his shots at a certain time during the day. And then she'll come in after to shoot her shots. And I was like, I thought they did the music video together. Quiet as it kept, the only scene that they did was the dance scene where they, you know, did the number take where they was dancing together on the, you know, on the floor and coming up doing the, you know, the dance and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, that made me sad because when I watched the music video before knowing this story, I always thought like that must be the most funnest, greatest music video you have ever done in your life. Even being as big as they were, like doing that together, like the diamond, dynamic duo they were it was like wow, Janet and Michael, you know what I mean? Shaking up the world, letting you know that hey we are musical royalty. And it was sad that Janet didn't have that relationship or that bond she wanted that they had growing up on the set to be playful and be together and stuff. And how um, Michael's team and record label was trying to create this tension and this competition between Michael and Janet. It's like, it's sad. Like, that's his sister and that's her brother. Why would you want camaraderie with your brother and sister? And it also showed how people in Michael's circle was dictating every little thing he does. And he, you know, had a lot of yes men around him. You know what I mean? And I feel like even Michael, as big as he was, should have said, like, look, you're not about to, you know, 
mess up our relationship, you know what I mean? And I feel like it should have been more done with that because it's like you can still see the sadness on Janet's face during the documentary that that still hurts her to the, that day, knowing that that's the first and only song they did together on the track. But even though they did that uh, song Scream and the only music video together, a lot of people don't know that Janet was behind the vocals of Pretty Young Thing, the song by Michael Jackson, how he had different siblings in his family make creations on his music. So it wasn't like they never done anything, but it was just like, wow, that was a song, you know what I mean? And it's like, you get this love and this camaraderie with togetherness from this music video and hearing that she didn't enjoy it and didn't really get what she wanted from it during the toughest time of Michael's life it's like it's sad like that's her brother and it's like the industry in the world is so mean a lot of times it's like they will do they will just like she said they will do when you're they will do anything to bring you down when they lift you up so high paraphrasing it but they bring you up to tear you down, basically. And it's like, that's what they did to Michael. That's what they tried to do to Janet. And that's what they tried to do with the Jackson family. And it says, like, no matter what stuff you may say, you cannot deny the musical impact. It will never be denied. You know what I mean? And you leave, whatever you leave your mark as, regardless of the whoop loud around you or the screwing around you, your, your light will shine. You know what I mean? No matter how much you try to dim it. And I feel like that's the, the telling of Michael and in, of Janet. You know what I mean? So I didn't, it made me sad about that. And I'm, I am happy that she did say that even though they didn't, Michael and the family didn't have enough time to spend together, how they tried to help him and, you know, during his times and needs or whatever, always be there for him. How even before his passing, she talked about how they had a party for their mother and father and how that was the last time they seen each other was at that party and how Michael had this deep laugh where he was laughing constantly through the night and how he looked at Janet and told her that he loved her and how she said he lo she loved him and I, I even though she had got this this sadness from their bond being drifted apart the way it was through the media through whatever I'm glad that they had that final say and they said that they love each other because even if they didn't say that we all know that they love each other they knew it you know but it's like it's sad and I wish that it was it was just different. I just wish he was still here. I wish they had more time to do things together and love on each other. You know what I mean? And that Michael was just gone too soon. That's just my opinion. He was just gone too soon. And that's the cutoff for me talking about Michael because I get too emotional. I just can't come to grips in terms of how it happened and why and all this stuff because I am a huge Michael Jackson fan. But going off of that, it also even did a little insight of talking about the controversy and the scandal of the Super Bowl 2004 Super Bowl halftime with Janet and Justin Timberlake. And my eyes rolled in the back of my head because this one, after 18 years later, oh my gosh, y'all still own this? <laughs> you know what I mean? But let's get into it. Let's get into... Uh, what happened during that time and no Janet did not talk about this in depth because 
like her and like the rest of the community that loves Janet, we're basically like over this whole situation, but we're really not because I'm going to tell you why, because it was so much dirt being done behind the scenes with this whole her exposure of her breasts on national television what people did to just try to tell her down it was just like really you know what I mean like it's just sad and um it just showed that the media and the people at the powers that be did not like that this black musical royal family was at the top of their game they just tried everything and I feel like in my opinion that the the big thing around Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl halftime and why they vilified her to the ends, tooth and nails, and did what they did was because of what Michael Jackson was going through at the time and because of what the society and the world was going through and what, at the time, the president, former president, George Bush, was at the time talking about the war on terror, the war on this stuff. like, And it was like... And basically, the war on terror that the former George Bush talked about in the early 2000s, basically what they did to Janet with this Super Bowl halftime. You're terrorizing Janet. That's why she responds the way she responds and reacts the way she does to this whole incident 18 years later because she's traumatized. And you guys keep re-traumatizing her about this. Like, they didn't have so many documentaries about this during Super Bowl halftime. And I just, I don't understand it. The obsession of black women's bodies is is beyond me, and it is it didn't start with Janet. It is before her time, but it's like, why are you obsessed with something that is attached to her body? Just like the producer and actor Tyler Perry said in the documentary when he was interviewed, it's just a nipple. Like, get over it. It's not that serious. Like, people had their parents. Parents was going to Congress, talking to the Federal Communications Commissioner about Janet and the view of her body and display of her body on national television. And it's like, they're crying about, oh, this hurting my children, all this stuff. Like, people... White tears, I don't want to hear it. Why are you crying over something that was accident? And it's not that serious. It's really not. Something that you also, another woman, have on their body. You're that distraught about it. That's my thing. And it's like, it's not because it's Jan. Because if it was Madonna somebody else, y'all wouldn't be so uptight about it. It's because a black woman and her body is so objectified as a black woman, you guys have an obsession with it. And the fact that they had the CEO of CBS. Oh, I'm going to say his name because that's the one I'm truly, truly not letting go from this whole incident with the Super Bowl. And his name is Les Moonves. He was a CEO of CBS Network. He also had his dealings and handlings with the Super Bowl and the say-so of all of MTV and so forth. And he had this obsession, which they talked about, not in the documentary, but in another documentary and interviews and research that I did. He had this obsession with Janet Jackson. Like, why are you obsessed with this black woman? Why do you have it in on her to destroy her career? And I feel like it has something to do with just the Jackson family being this royalty. 
um, and they tried everything they could because it's a black family. Yes, we're going to tie this into race, sexuality, all of the above because that's what it is, okay? We're not going to go around and beat the bush. That's exactly what it was. And this white male talking about white patriarchy and white male patriarchy at its finest with the obsession of Janet Jackson, her body. Like, why? Like, he had it out for her. Yes, be mad at Justin Timberlake. And yes, he gained stuff from women's pain and suffering with Janet and Britney Spears. But... Yeah, the aftermath of what he did, I understand it. I'm more so honing on Les Moonves that did numbers and took all the creativity, all the opportunities away from Janet and most of her career based off this incident with the Super Bowl. I don't understand it. And still to this day, is not able to get on the Super Bowl. And I don't blame her for not wanting to perform. It's re-traumatizing her. She doesn't need it. Okay, since we always talking about black women and their bodies and I guess it's only talked about and very valued when it's somebody else, you know what I mean? And the fact that we're going into another Super Bowl weekend during Valentine's weekend is very telling and I really appreciate and honor that her fans really with social media because that's what really got janet's name back into the limelight and the impact of her career into the limelight and in positive news alongside separating her from this darn soup bowl because it's like yes i understand why janet said forgive him but i'm not gonna forgive him because of what justin timberlake did after the soup bowl yes you told him not to say nothing but he is also a man he's also a white male and he also was able to go to the grammys get grammys get tours get deals get into the movies etc and also why he did that basically pulled you down while he was coming up doing a soundtrack with justin with Timberland, the producer, and Justin Timberlake and Nelly Furtado on this remix track called Give It To Me. And he was talking about Janet, you know, in this song. And it's like, why? Why would you be talking down about her? You know what I mean? After you was seeming like, oh, I'm I'm the innocent one. I didn't do no wrong. Because Janet told me not to say nothing, but you're talking about her. You're talking about her voice. Talking about how how I missed you in the charts. How I don't see your numbers no more. You ain't been seen in a while. Like, why would you want to talk about her like that? And that's supposed to be your friend, quote unquote, as she says. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't do that to friends. And like she said in the Oprah interview, you don't leave friends out there hanging, even though her response now is different from her response then, because she was in a relationship with the producer from Atlanta called Jermaine Dupree and her relationship with him and how he stood up for her during that time of her being vilified and saying, no, I don't want to be on a Grammy the Grammys board, you know, I'm going to take myself away from this because what y'all doing to her is not right. And that's smart. You should do that. You know what I mean? Even though I'm sad at him, he talking about, you know, being with Janet was his come up and how women wanted to be with him. So that was his reason for cheating. Yeah. 
I, you basically trying to blame Janet for your infidelities. We're not having it. Don't do it. Again, men trying to re-traumatize her over and over again. Why? You know what I mean? And it's sad that Janet, you know, didn't get the love that she always pours to others back, especially in her male relationships. It's like, y'all are trash. Okay? That's all I got to say about that. And the fact that the fact that these people, these powers that be, had this goal to try to just end her was just, it was just heartbreaking. Still to this day, even though she's back in the limelight, I feel like she's still not seeing the way she should be because of that whole situation. And I'm going to read the lyrics that Justin Timberlake said in this track that producer Timberlake made called Give It To Me. Um, and he said on his verse, uh, could you speak up and stop the mumbling? I don't think you're getting clear. Sitting on the top is hard to hear you from way up here. I saw you trying to act cute on TV. Just let me clear the air. We missed you on the charts last week. Dang, that's right. You wasn't there. Like, why would you? I don't think a friend would do that. If you say that you... You was the innocent one that, you know, you ain't do no wrong. You supposed to act like you ain't did no wrong, but you talking all this stuff. You see what I'm saying? You saying one thing to Janet behind the scene, but then in the forefront, you talking trash about her. I don't think that's a friend. And I don't think Janet should even be his friend still, but that's her business. And if she feel like in her heart, she want to move on and forgive him for her own peace of mind with the whole situation, that's good for her. But again, like a lot of fans will say, I can understand why they won't forgive him. Because look what you're doing. Look what you did to Brittany. Basically, did your... Thing with Crammy and Riven having a, a almost a lookalike of her, you know, mocking her and everything with the whole relationship and saying foul stuff you said with her and stuff like that. And then a year last year, 2021, want to come out with an apology after 19, 18 years later. Man, you better get out of our face, okay? We're not forgiving you because, you know, just because she said it and we love Janet, we love her, but sometimes we hard here, so we're not gonna listen. And he had ample amount of time to say it didn't go down like that was an accident. Even though she told you don't say nothing. You see what I'm saying? With the CO going after her, telling MTV and TRL and all these people don't play her music videos. Even though Jan and Michael was on the rotation of music videos, the highest requested music videos on MTV. How dare MTV and TRL and CBS do what they did to her because of an accident? Why? That's the one we should be putting the fire to the throne at right there. You know what I mean? And see, God don't like ugly because in 2018, he was let go because some allegation he had against himself. You can look it up, read the articles. He did his thing. And it's like, you may think you're too powerful and that you won't get touched, but God will always let you know who at the throne. And what you did to Janet, you're getting your wake-up call. And I feel like even though he had to step down CEO, I don't feel like it was enough, but whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever punishment you're going to get, whatever form of punishment, it is what it is. I can't go against that. But what he did to Janet versus what Justin Timberlake did, like, Les Moonves took 
away her music off the air. He had radio stations requesting them to take her off the air. They had the Federal Commission's Communications Panel, which was working at the time, which was Colin Powell's um, son, the prominent Colin Powell's son, Michael Powell, the FCC chairman, said, you know, he had every doing to open an investigation into the whole Super Bowl incident. He went on a wide range federal investigation on the incident and later came out in 2018 to apologize and said that he went too far and that was blown out of proportion. Hmm. It was blown out of proportion and you went too far. A black man did that to another black woman on top of having a white man, two white men on her back in the whole world going against her. And all you can say is, my bad. She lost money from this millions of money. She lost out on tour deals. She lost out on book deals. She lost out on a lot of stuff. And what I like about my people, okay, they said, no, 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 no. Y'all not going to. Try to vilify her, vilify her and take off the L. We gonna still play her. So if all y'all that was watching BET at the time, during that time of all the scandal controversy, BET was playing her stuff. She was at the BET Awards. She was on one of the party. They was playing her music. Because even though the other parts of the media tried to erase her, they said, no, we're gonna back her. This our sister. You're not gonna do that to her. It was an accident. Again, it's a nipple. Something attached to a human body, a woman's body. Why are you so honed in on what she has going on? Why, again, I don't understand how you cannot connect this with racism, sexuality, and so forth. I don't understand how you cannot connect it other intersectionality of the situation. Okay? The fact that people was doing this to her is mind-boggling. And then Michael Powell had the nerve to say there was a lot of banging for blood. You know, I don't care about everybody and their apologies because it's not going to help the situation or bring back the amount of money that Janet lost, the amount of exposure her trying to erase her cultural impact on the music industry. Like, y'all was doing too much. This is what we call team too much. You had the church sign petitions for her. You know, talking about the nudity and all this other stuff. You had the radio station not playing her music. All because a, a white male that owned a company said, take her down. Erase her. It's like, look at her now. No matter what you have done, you will never erase the Jacksons. You will never erase a Michael. You will never erase a Janet. And yes, this is day they try to throw these people under the rug, and I don't understand why. But what I like that they showed, they even though she didn't touch on it, and briefly, I wanted to tell y'all why my opinions on this Super Bowl, Super Bowl, eighteen years later. And did you all know that the dig- the digital media streaming 
such as YouTube was created from the Janet Jackson controversy, the Super Bowl halftime, because people wanted to view that incident so much during that time that the creator of YouTube at that time decided, oh, let's find a way where somebody can, it can stay on a platform for as long as forever. You know what I mean? And Janet Jackson, unfortunately, was the catalyst in the invention of your YouTube. Y'all didn't know that, did y'all? So basically, a white, white people capitalized off of Janet's pain and suffering and terrorizing her. So they said, oh, they said, oh, you want to see, you know, a Jan Jackson, her breast over and over again? Okay, watch it on YouTube. And that's how YouTube came about. And also, based off YouTube, Netflix came about because they said, you know what? We're going to get rid of Blockbusters. Let's do a streaming company because you see how good YouTube's doing. Let's do something where they can, you know, continue to watch, whatever. And it's like, wow, they really capitalized off of Janet Jackson's exposure and her pain. Again, YouTube was created off the back of Janet Jackson, off the back of a black woman. Let that sink in. And became a billion dollar company to this day. Let that sink in. YouTube, CBS, MTV, y'all need to pay her her money. Y'all wrong as heck. And the fact that she only had 946,000 subscribers on YouTube and y'all built it off of the back of her pain, run her her checks. Because we ain't got time. There's no talking at this point. No negotiating. Run them checks. Because y'all a billion dollar company at this point. Like, ew. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I would never understand it. And I get like, oh, we need to forgive and, you know, never forgive, but we can forgive. Yeah. Forgiving is for Janet. Okay. <laughs> Me on this situation, I don't know. I don't know about it because, see, this, um, this incident right here, but I just, I just would never understand the wrath she was getting from her parts of her. Part of her body being exposed. I will never understand it. And then the fact that Les Moonves, the present or the former CEO of CBS, even told Janet to apologize to him, tried to have him have her apologize to him for an accident. And when she said no, he even went even harder to try to get her. Erased from the music industry. And I'm glad she didn't say or apologize because you know what? How dare you? She supposed to bow down to your white patriarchy male self and say, I'm sorry for what happened when she knew it was an accident. So you're going to try to tell her and make her go against what had happened. Look at the racism in it. You want her to bow down to you. Glad she didn't. So since you didn't get your way, you decide to attack her over and over and over again. I'm talking about skits being made about the situation, everything. 
vilified, re-traumatizing a black woman. And you gonna ask her to come back and perform. Justin Timberlake, go have several seats and go on and finish your little country album, whatever you was trying to do that didn't make it, whatever. But then again, even with all that, she still survived. She still survived the scandal. And she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and had her tonight documentary of her own. So, all that they tried to do from the former CBS chairman, CEO Les Moonves, who took the scandal personally, since he had promised NFL officials that halftime show would be fit for family entertainment again. What had happened at the Super Bowl and what's happening now with this music industry when everybody exposing their body? I mean, honestly. And the Grammys having people doing all type of stuff on stage. Y'all can go sit down with all that. Oh, I'm white purity and I'm, I'm innocent and all that acting is. Stop it. Okay, stop it. And even Janet's album, her eighth album, Demita Joe, was released a couple months after the Super Bowl halftime. And it floundered among, floundered amid the controversy as MTV and VH1 seemed to avoid playing her videos. But again, she didn't stop because... She she has things under her belt that nobody can touch, like her working alongside Tupac with Poet of Justice, her getting Oscar nominated for her song that she created for the for the film that John Singleton, rest in peace to him, that directed the film. You know what I mean? Her working alongside Eddie Murphy with the Nutty Professor. Even Tyler Perry helping revitalize her career and getting her to come on to do the Why Did I Get Married 1 and 2. Like, who's stopping who, boo? Because you're not stopping her. You're stopping yourself. Because she is a blessing to the industry and she has a catalog that proves so. No matter what you're going to do, she will continue to rise. And that's what I got from this documentary. It even talked about her father and his battle with cancer and how she loved her father and him going on the tour or the state of the world tour that she had and having those moments with him and her having her baby Issa when she was 50 years old and having her complication with trying to give you know, have a child with the IVF, you know, procedures um, and stuff like that. Um, and her having the blessing of her child and then losing her father while she was on tour. And being honored and blessed that her father was able to, you know, have a connection, see her, her baby while he was here and stuff like that. And just this documentary really humanized Jan I really appreciate and blessed that she was able to do it no matter what rocks or no matter what they try to throw at her to tear her down because she will always rise and can we explain the for color girls movie that she did with Tyler Perry too that was really good okay so don't sleep on her acting skills don't sleep on her songwriting skills don't sleep on her as an entertainer as an entertainer because what you're not going to do 
is erase her because she will always rise no matter what. You can say what you want. Like Dr. My Angel said, you can say what you want. You can write me down with your bill last, but still I write and still she rides to this day because she is what the Janet Jackson herself. Okay? So I appreciate that what she did and then no matter what the powers that be that tried to bring her down whether it was the FCC, whether it was the CBS chairman Les Moonves, whether it was a disrespect and public uh scrutiny or that she got from the world, that she still stands to this day no matter what. You know, okay? And that's just how the Jacksons is, especially watching this documentary. And what I wish the documentary would have had more of is her musical, uh, like more of her inside of her musical tours and stuff like that. You know, really show more of the musical, even more that they show in a document her musical um, catalog because they really jumped from after that Super Bowl to 2017 real quick and they missed a whole entire era. They ain't talk about the Nutty Professor and all this stuff. It was like, y'all need to talk about that other stuff, okay? Um, because she had albums. 10, 11 albums under her belt. Like, y'all not stopping her. And like she said on one of her albums that she titled Unbreakable, she is really unbreakable. And on top of that title, Michael even has a song called Unbreakable on his album invincible that he created and i love that album as well it's like you cannot break them okay they are born from joe jackson and katherine jackson themselves they are strong people okay and they are tough like even though yes she's strong you could tell that they she has you know emotional trauma from certain things based on certain things she went through but I'm glad that she told her story in her own way and that yes she is in control but again I wish they would have shown more of her musical catalog even though they gave a little stats at the end of the viewing of the documentary I wish they would have shown a little bit more of some tours that we haven't seen that she probably filmed like the all for you tour and the Velvet Rope tour and stuff like that. Uh, and the Janet tour. I wish they would have showed some of that too. Um, instead of talking about her. Less of her relationships and more of that. Because you need to let the new girls know. That I am that girl. And will forever be that girl. That's all I'm saying. Um, but other than that. I really really appreciated this documentary. And I hope. Janet, if you're listening, okay, I pray that you just do one more last tour because I know she was about to do the Black Diamond tour uh, when 2020 came about and she had to stop it due to COVID. So I wish she can do that one look that one tour because she also did her las vegas residency let me add that in you know what i mean because she did her las vegas residency called the janet jackson metamorphosis tour where she was 
in Las Vegas during that time. And I wish I would have went, you know, in 2019. Because I know it was everything and I really love Janet. So, Janet, for listening as a huge fan, please do one more last tour. I know you're focusing and you focus on motherhood. But one more tour. But I will understand if you don't. But I would really appreciate if you do because I just want to see you. Okay? And um, I love you. And you are the queen of pop. And I'm going to ever say that because who's going to stop me from saying it? Nobody. Okay? And check her her credits, okay, go on Spotify, stream her music, go to her website, the janjack.com website, and get her music, her merch, her t-shirts, all that, help us, because if you want to support black people, shall we support, because they didn't took so much from her, it's only right that we show our love for her while she's still here, and forever will be that girl. Okay, so yeah, Jen, just you know, just wanted to shout you out and let you know, you know, if you want to do another tour, we're here. Okay, um, you know, you could continue that Black Diamond tour because you are a Black Diamond, like she said, a Black Diamond does no matter what you do to it, don't break, and that's what Janet Jackson is, honey. Okay, she is that girl. So go to her website. This is not sponsored. Go to her website. You know. Get that Control album vinyl. Get that Rhythm Nation vinyl. Listen, go back to the old days and, you know, get get yourself in the mood because you won't be disappointed, okay? Because Janet is in control, okay? I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. That are, That is my thoughts on the documentary, what I wanted more of the documentary. And, yeah, my thoughts on the Super Bowl um, controversy. 18 years later and stuff like that and Janet Jackson is everything and I just wanted y'all to know that you know what I mean that she will forever be that girl so while I wrap up this episode I want to give some stats on some stats on The incredible things that Janet Jackson has achieved. Which was an article created by Leslie Richen in 2016. um, Where it talks about how Janet Jackson released her um, self-titled debut album called Janet Jackson 1982 at the age of 16. She performed on American Bandstand and Soul Train in 1982. Her third studio album, Control, in 1986 hit number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart and number one on the top R&B and hip-hop albums chart. She had five singles on Control Peak in the top five of the Hot 100 charts, which I also think that it was top seven singles that hit, you know, number one. Um, Control, her album is listed by the National Association of Recording Merchandisers, Merchandisers, and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 200 defined albums of all time. She also holds the record for most American Music Award nominations from one album with 12 for Control. She won six Billboard Music Awards, including Top Pop Singles, including Top Pop Single Artists in 1986. Control was nominated for four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year in 1987. 
She won a Soul Train Music Award for Album of the Year and the Best Music Video for What Have You Done For Me Lately in 1987. Her single Nasty from her album Control won an MTV Video Music Award for Best Choreography with Paula Abdul in 1987 because Paula Abdul also helped choreograph her music videos and her dances. Also, her fourth studio album, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, 1814 in 1989, hit number one on the Billboard's 200 chart and number one on the top R&B hip-hop albums chart. Also, Rhythm Nation was the biggest selling album of 1990. Rhythm Nation is also the only album in the history of the Hot 100 chart to have seven singles peak within the top five. Rhythm Nation is the only album to produce number one hits on the Hot 100 chart in the three separate calendar years through 1989 to 1991. Rhythm Nation received nine Grammy Award nominations, and she became the first female artist to be nominated for Producer of the Year in 1990. She also won eight Billboard Awards in 1990, including Top Hot 100 Singles Artist of the Year, Top Selling Album of the Year, Top selling everything of the year, basically, y'all. Um, she also won the MTV Video Music Award for Best Choreography in Rhythm Nation and was presented the MTV Vanguard Award in 1990. And as I'm going through these stats, I want y'all to really listen to it because I'm trying to tell y'all she that girl and I want to honor her and give her flowers because I love Janet and I feel like if I'm going to do this episode, I need to do it right because she deserves it. So as I continue, she also received the American Music Award for Favorite Dancing for Miss You Much in 1990. She received a start on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Hollywood Walk of Fame, Lord Jesus, in 1990. She received an American Music Award for Favorite Dance Artist in 1991. Her Love Will Never Do Without You won the MTV Video Music Award for Best Female Video in 1991. She is listed in the Guinness World Records for largest recording contract in 1991 because she also had the largest contract that they detailed in a documentary from Virgin Records because she got the most money and she had the most payoff for any artist during that time. And they gave her a lot of money, okay? Also, her fifth studio album, Janet, in 1993, hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart and number one on the top R&B albums chart. The Janet album became her third consecutive album to top the Billboard 200 chart and her first to debut at number one. In 1993, the Janet album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 chart with 350,000 copies sold in its first week. Where they do that at? A then record debut sales week for a woman since Nielsen Music began tracking sales in 1991. You see how Janet is breaking records here and barriers and just making her own name for herself. Also, Janet is listed by the National Association of Recording Merchandisers and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as one of the 200 defining albums of all time. Janet produced six top 10 hits on the Hot 100 chart. The song, again, from the Poet of Justice, received Golden Globe and Academy Award nominations for Best Original Song in 1993. Her That's the Way Love Goes from her Janet album won a Grammy Award for Best R&B Song in 1994. 
And basically, the list goes on and on. She also won a Grammy Award with her brother Michael Jackson for Best Music Video for Scream in 1986. Her sixth studio album, The Velvet Rope, in 1997, hit number one on the Billboard 200 charts. The Velvet Rope became Janet's fourth consecutive album to top Billboard 200. And basically, <laughs> as I go through this list, Janet, if you don't know Janet, it's not that girl I would prove to you that she is, okay? And the list goes on and on. Her song also, I Get Lonely, I Get So Lonely, became her record 18 consecutive Hot 100 Top 10 in 1998, a streak that began in 1989. And she also passed, hear this out, people, Madonna's run of 17 straight Top Hot 100 entries during 1984 to 1989. So basically, Jen is that girl. And as I go on, she will forever be that girl. Okay? So I have to let y'all know some stats because I feel like the documentary, you know, show a little numbers and talk about little stats. But I had to go through some lists because I feel like nowadays people like to label people legends after doing one little hit song, one little trendy song. And think people are legends and icons and they just did one little song. It's like, no, these are the legends and icons. Did you hear the stats? Janet been doing this since birth, okay? And she breaking Guinness World, Guinness World Records, being Madonna. I mean, I don't know what to say. I stand, I stand, I stand. And when you have bodies of work and you breaking numbers the way she did and she solidified herself in this industry and she gets the respect she gets because of the hard work she puts in, the time she puts in, the creativeness and the insight. She, she puts her time and effort, sweat, blood and tears into her music and it shows and proves still to this day, no matter what Janet will forever be, Miss Jackson. Okay, so... I know this was long. I know y'all like, ooh, this child talked too much, okay? But I had to do a, a a service and a gratitude to the living legend, the icon, the innovator, the genius, the way maker, the all for you thing. I had to show y'all that she is not just a name. She is not just, you know, Michael's little sister. She's not just... These little nuances that y'all try to make her to be. Okay, she is bigger than that. And even her being the megastar, she's still down to earth and sweet. Okay, so I appreciate y'all listening to this long episode. I hope that you listen to it entirely. And you go watch the documentary yourself to get your own opinions and your own viewpoints on it. You know, and give me your thoughts on it. And, yeah, I'm long-winded, and I hope you listen to the whole thing. And thank you for staying to the end of the Simply Nikki podcast episode as I reviewed the Janet Jackson documentary that aired on Lifetime at A&E Network and the cultural impact, the controversy with the Super Bowl, and the numbers and stats to prove that Janet will forever be that girl and the queen of pop music, okay? So thank you for listening all around the world. Please stay tuned for more episodes and stay tuned for more because it only goes up from here because you don't want to miss it. You can follow me 
on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Make sure you hit that following button and the bells on the app so you can make sure you get notified when I release an episode. And also follow me on Instagram at Nikki Podcast. That's lowercase N-I-C-K-I-E podcast together where you get updates, videos, and clips on where and when I'm going to drop a new episode. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for more at the Simply Nikki Podcast and so much more. Stay tuned for more and peace and please be blessed during these times. See y'all next time.